What's good, y'all? It's uh, your stalwart producer, Mike Harrington here. Uh, this episode is coming out on Sunday, right around like probably 4.30 by the time I'm done uh, editing this into it. Uh, we recorded this on like Thursday, um, and then I completely forgot about it. Uh, completely forgot that we did it until Chris reminded me yesterday. Didn't have a computer on me, so I couldn't upload it then. Uh, so I'm getting to it right now. Just a little bit of an update uh, for the Goon Squad talk and the Olympics update a little bit later in the episode. I was I was pulling pretty hard. I thought the Texans had this. Uh, they they just let Mitch Trubisky score a touchdown on them. So you know, go Goon Squad. They, they need the love. Make sure you uh, tweet at uh, the Houston Texans. Hey, hashtag Goon Squad, the fucking notes of a goon behind you, even in these very, very troubling times. Um, yeah, but uh, other than that, I'm sorry for being a big dummy, and let's get this show started. going on goons we're up here it is episode 69 nice 61 what the why'd you tell me it was episode 69 i told you it was 61 four times i I, said i don't want to have to listen to you mike i clearly said it's not 69 you fucking listen to me fucking nice all right i'm drinking whiskey because i'm fucking stressed out mike i'm having a stressful day I got a fucking mortgage broker breathing down my fucking neck. He's like, you don't make enough money on the books. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Here's money. Just take it and give me a house, you damn sh- it. You should just hand him books filled with money. And then be like, yeah, now my money's on the books. Fuck out of here. Bong, bong. I'll just cut a hole in the middle, son. Right? You know what Jadakiss like said. If you want to hide something from me, put it in a book. Jadakiss uh, said that. He said that. That's the first place I ever heard it. Mm. Somebody else say it? No, 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 no. But I mean, you know. First place I ever heard it was Jadakiss. Okay. Somebody else could have said that. Hide it in a book. Hide it in the work boots. No, because, you know, they don't read. Because you're dumb. That was what Jadakiss was saying. Oh. Yeah. You never heard that song? It's on uh, Kiss of Death. No, I'm saying that because it's a, it's, a it's a common joke. Oh, gotcha. The work boots thing. Yeah. Because they don't work. Right. Same concept. But they wear... Black people wear Timberlands. You know, we're going to need the racehorse, Mike. You think those are work boots? Timberlands are technically work boots. Hmm. How'd you buy them? What do you mean? You flipped that work. <laughs> those are work boots, dog. <laughs> you know what? I can't argue with that. Hell yeah. Look, never fucking question Jadakiss. <laughs> That's the moral of the fucking story. We're going to get to the bottom of Sorry, things. Mr. Kiss. Uh, there's something I want to talk to you about because I know it was very important to you. Before we move on to get into all these topics, I don't know much about it, but apparently Britney Spears is free. Uh, yeah, they freed her. She's uh, she's out of her conservatorship, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I heard that today. But I know you were very you were very upset about Britney Spears. W- I was back. Yeah, we talked about it. You watched the documentary on Hulu. You were all fucking pissy about it. I mean, I just thought it was kind of fucked up. It is kind of fucked up. Now, how's your dad gonna make a living? It's fair. She fucking, you know, he's a senior citizen at this point. Yeah, this is fucked up. That's a fucking, that's Queen kiss Britney's of... dead. Dude, talk about the kiss of death. Yeah. Fucking having to find work in their 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever. Yeah, you just had a fucking daughter that you were fucking milking off the whole fucking time. You know, like you set up your retirement fund and you think everything's going to work out well? Damn. Fucking rug gets pulled out from under you by some fucking fucked up judge. R.I.P. Mr. Spears. So does she, do you think she still keeps working in Vegas or does she just ball out with her money? 
No, I feel like she's working in Vegas. I think she needs that to be grounded. She needs to do two shows a day, three on Sundays, right? I mean, whatever it is. She was all I know is she was getting buku bucks from it and uh I thought it was like two million a year. It was a lot of money. Um That is a lot of money. How much do you think Penn and Teller make? I mean, Penn and Teller are the longest running show in Vegas. They're gonna make a fucking fortune. Are they? Oh, because Roy got fucking gutted by that ki- uh-huh. by that tiger. Uh, also, who Teller. wants to see an aging queen? You know what I mean. Siegfried and Roy would have to have retired by now anyway. I'll be mm. honest; I don't want to see Penn not fat. <laughs> True. It bugs me every time I look at him. Okay. Um, oh, so it doesn't count. It's weird because it's like a, all it's showing me is like how much they make. Uh, so Penn and Teller apparently were the second uh, biggest highest grossing. Yeah, second highest grossing magicians in 2018. Magicians. Yeah. All, all magicians in the world, even like sorcerers and shit? <laughs> I guess so. I mean, because sorcerers can do alchemy. They can just turn lead into fucking gold. Hmm. You're banking up if you could do that. Yeah, I mean, those guys, definitely. I don't think they consider alchemists uh, in the... In That's the... like capital gains. It's not really revenue. Right, right, right. Because it's like you already had the lead. Yeah. It just... You just invested in your lead. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, you know, you have the... you Your yield is your by pri- your, your Your lead... As your buy price, then your gold is your sell price. That's a nice little workaround. For you know a lot more about this than you let on when it comes to finances, Mike. You really put the douche in fiduciary. Uh, well done. Well done. Um, yeah, so David Copperfield was the uh, highest paid magician that year. But Penn & Teller made $30 million, but they did include like their uh, CW show, Fool Us, in that valuation. So I don't know how much is TV money, how much is show money. But I bet Britney's making at least 10 a year for that. I remember, wasn't like the biggest sold-out show just the Michael Jackson cover show a few years back? What do you mean? There's all sorts of like crazy, ridiculous things that like when you go... I remember when I went to Vegas the first time when I was 21, the top show on the Strip was a guy... I want to say his name is Danny Gans. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know very, very famous to to Las Vegas, Vegas magician. Yes, Danny Gans. I, don't, I thought he just did covers, but he could impersonate voices really well. So he's an impressionist, but he can impression... He can impersonate singing voices, mm. which who the fuck just go watch somebody play Journey at a shithole bar in fucking Tampa? Who cares? <laughs> you going? I tell you when I when we were out for Lewis's thing, um, I went to one of these shows. It's called Absinthe. Fucking terrible. Yeah, it's not good. It was, I've heard great things about Absinthe. It was fine. Okay. Um. As somebody who books a comedy club, you would be furious at the hacky, misogynist jokes that the guy who runs the thing gets away with, mm. with, with, with like women in rock, the kind of women who would sit with their arms crossed and give your club a one-star Yelp review, getting up and going, every five minutes. That also ruined it for me. It's just like people having... Oh, I remember you telling me about this. Whoa, I remember, lady. I think it was... Wait, was I doing notes of a goon at the time, or were, was this on no, High was, Society Radio? Maybe. When you you went to Absinthe with your girl, yeah, when we were in Vegas. When we were in Vegas fight. for yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you definitely went to Absinthe after, and we talked about this on High Society. I was producing that episode. Oh, I see. I, while Alex was marching around in the uh, lounge high on acid for the first time oh, at work. Yes, yes, yes. That was fun. Remember when it was fun to work here? It, I, yeah, it's, Nate was here. Fucking Nate. God damn. For anybody who doesn't know who Nate is, that's my boy. He's stuck in Australia because of COVID. R.I.P. Nate. Um, all right, so check this out. The 
piece of me, right? That was the show Britney Spears had. Mm -hmm. The original deal was for 100 shows Mm -hmm. over 2014 and 2015. Her dad wanted to name it Piece of Ass because he figured that's how he made all his money in the first place. Mm, Smart, smart. Uh, The shows were valued at around $310,000 guarantee. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every single one for Britney Spears. So over 100 shows, that's $30 million, $31 million. Um, Mm. That was the original deal in 2014, 2015. So you got to figure she renegotiated uh, when over the course of uh, the over, I think it was 250 shows total that she did, the gross uh, just on ticket sales was $138 million. So Jesus Christ. Yeah. I guess if you're in Vegas and you're our age and you're a chick, like Cher crushed it back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and then I guess Celine Dion was after that. Shania Twain probably crushed it. I mean, dude, fucking A, there's no way you're not going to take a chick to see Britney. It's such a weird thing. I think it's just like the bachelorette parties. Like, that's the new bachelorette party show. And like, you know, gay dudes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was Cher, and then it was Celine Dion or Shania Twain briefly, and then now it's Britney Spears. That's like the bachelorette fucking, we're going to see Britney Spears. And you can always, that's like a weird thing though, like a residency in a place, like you just like kind of know. Do you think Ariana Grande is going to end up there? I mean, somebody from this generation that's that big. I mean, is there anybody even that maybe Selena Gomez? Mm, no, it's probably Ariana. It has to be. Yeah, probably. It's probably. It's you. Isn't it but just it the biggest somebody, one? It has to be. No. Who was bigger than Britney Spears? Yeah, she. I think is the exception. I mean, who was bigger than Sonny and Cher? Sonny that's and fair. Cher were massive. But all right, so Britney Spears is doing it younger than Cher. Cher must have been fifty when she was doing it. Because what mm. is she? Eighty-seven now. Cher? Yeah. Should be 103. Dude, I would still fuck Cher. Yeah, sure. Why not? For the story. Yeah, that's true. No, she's still hot enough. I want to see she's if 75 you fuck her now. hard enough where she'd do that thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if that's just her coming all the time, like she just has vibrating panties on when she's singing. Damn, Cher was so hot back in the day. When? In the 70s? Yeah, I mean, Let like. Me peep. Just fucking. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pretty good looking lady. Yeah, so this is her now. Again. That's not now. That's now. I bet that's not now. Let me let me see the date on that. I mean, First so of all, she looks like little Kim. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, they all, everybody gets that much plastic surgery, sure. Mm. All right. Well, we've gotten to the bottom of that, I suppose. Uh, Yeah, dude. Fucking R.I.P. Jamie Lynn Spears, dude. Fucking. Oh, bro. she's not getting no bread either? Is she hot? No, Jamie Lynn is also her father's name. She got a sister with the same name as her father. That is fucking pretty trashy. Like 99% sure. That is uh, trashy. Mm. Mm. Moving on. The whole thing's pretty trashy. We might need the racehorse for this. I'm just letting you know now. Um, There's some things going on. If you don't know who the racehorse is, the racehorse is our friend. Uh, I sent Mike out with our ad revenue to buy a uh, horse that runs fast, but he bought a horse that is an expert in race relations. Um, Everybody can make that mistake. Look, yeah, it's a it's an honest mistake. It, it happens to anybody. It mm-hmm. happens to anybody. Uh, as opposed to those racist horses we talked about last week uh, for the Haitian immigrants. You know what I mean? Those were racist horses. They were. Yeah. This is just a racehorse. He is an expert in race relations. Uh, and we might need to talk to him because uh, the bird lady, uh, uh, Robin D'Angelo, apparently had a new book that we didn't even realize. Oh? Yeah. Um, it's called Nice Racism, and I found out about it today because I saw... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say that. All right, calm down. Whoa there, boy. I'm sorry. Nice Racism, that's... 
So nice racism is what it's called. Uh, can you pull up the image that I saw? And I don't know anything about this book, but we're going to read the synopsis on the show, see if we can get to the bottom of it. Nice racism. See, because I wouldn't think, what is nice? Is nice racism like gangbang porn or cuckold porn? Is that nice racism? I think so. Hmm. I still get a lot of shit whenever I say that I think there's got to be some black guys jerking off the cuckold porn. What do you mean? I thought it was for black guys. Okay. When I first saw it. What? Like, I thought it was porn made for black guys. So it's like the, the, the angle of the porn is just like, it's not only you get to watch. You're taking this dude's bitch and calling him a pussy. Right. And he's watching you fuck his wife. That's I thought that was like a dominant thing. And there's always a black guy in the dominant role. So I thought it was for black guys. Hmm. That's, that's, they have all kind of other stuff you can watch like, like that. Asian though, that... massage porn for white guys. Sure. I'm just saying. Yeah, so why wouldn't this, again, same concept. But whenever I say it on a podcast, black guys tend to get mad at me. No, I'm saying the, the same concept, the, the, the Asian, as the Asian massage parlor. Like this is, that's clearly for white guys. The cuckold porn you're yes. saying. No, no, no. But in the Asian massage porn, the white guys are the one fucking the chicks. Yeah, whatever. They're fucking the chick. But it's like it's still they're going to a place and a service is being performed, right? Like in this, a guy no, is coming over and just performing like, a service on your no, wife. No, but there's usually just like a backstory of you owe me money or this and that. Or she's mad at them. She's like, I'm going to suck off this black guy to piss you off. I would think that that's for black guys. Because hmm. I wouldn't. I don't want to jerk off to that. That's not fun for me. Okay. Is that fun for you? Uh, the right uh, the right content, yeah. We need the right content. Yeah, the right content. Exactly Did that. you say content or context? Content. The right cuckold content is proper for you. Yeah, I, I've jerked off to it before, yeah. Is it just the chick? Are you just into the chick and that's the newest thing she put out? I don't know. I mean, I, I like fucking chicks who have boyfriends. <laughs> so you're the black guy in it. Yeah, 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 Again, yeah. Again, then it's for black guys. What do you mean? If you're being... The black guy in the porn. If that's the fantasy for you, yeah. then it stands to reason that that is for black guys. If you're the bull, if you're jerking off as the bull. <laughs> you, wait. You're telling me every time you watch porn, you have to become one be of the characters? Dick. Gotta be a white dick. This is, this is a lot. This is a lot. I don't know. It's weird for me. Otherwise. Okay. So moving on. Do you want to bring this fucking synopsis I never had an up? issue with a girl who used to date black guys hooking up with them. I never had an issue with that. While What's you that? were dating her? No, after. Hmm. Or before, or before I was... I never had a problem with that. It's not like a thing. It's just a visual thing. It's got to be white dick for you to come? Yeah. No homo. It's pretty gay, dude. It is pretty gay. And also, let's ask the race. Is that racist? <laughs> You're just angry? I can't get a clop or two? Is that, is that is it two clops for no? Okay, good. That, at least that's not... I, 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 I'm pretty sure it's just a visual thing. Maybe it's some inherent racism thing. But anyway... So Robin D'Angelo's got this new book. Pull up the thing again. We didn't even read it. Well, I mean, it can't be a gang because we didn't get to it the first time. Okay. So uh, uh, here's a quote that I found. It, you got the brackets around it, so it's probably it's paraphrased a bit. But this just came into my Twitter feed, and I was like, this is hilarious. Uh, young people who actually have cross-racial friendships tend to have relationships that are conditional. Their friends of color must tolerate constant racist teasing or be dismissed as angry and not fun, then abandoned. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, 
we talked a little bit about, uh, I was on Bennington earlier today before we recorded this. Um, and we talked about uh, a kid that we knew who's a black guy who's a Muslim who came to class with um, a jar. Okay. And the jar was full of rotten cum. He had been coming in the jar for a while, and then he left it under his bed. And then he said, hey, do you want to smell the worst smell ever? And didn't tell us what it was. And just put it under people's noses. So can you pull that quote up again? Because I have cross-racial friendships, Mike. Uh, young people who have cross-racial friendships, they're conditional, they're friends of color, must tolerate constant racist teasing, or be dismissed as angry and not fun, and then abandoned. Now, you know what happened to that kid? Uh, when he was running down the block, when he came around after a while, somebody spilled the beans on what was in that jar. This kid, one of our buddies, smelled it for a full minute, Mike. The cum jar. Ew. For a full minute, for $10. And then he wouldn't tell us what it was. And then he was coming around the corner. Somebody spilled the beans. He was coming around the corner one day. And we go, hey, what was in that jar? And you watch this guy's eyes bug out. And he took off down the block. And then I was getting close to the end of the block. I saw my buddy Chappelle, who's a large uh, black man, uh, who I was not teasing. And I was like, hey, get him. And he clotheslined him like fucking Stan Hansen. Laid him right out. And then the kid who... Uh, 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 Sniffed the jar for a minute, got a couple good kicks in the ribs, and we all called it a day. Now, I think that was pretty equitable treatment. Agreed. We didn't abandon him after that. Yeah, that's... Uh... I would say making your friends smell your cum is not fun. Also, not conditional, right? Like, if there were conditions on that friendship, that would be the end of that friendship. Mm-hmm. It's unconditional friendship. This is the same guy who, um, he was dating a girl... That worked at this bar, Fish Bar, a couple blocks away from here. You know that bar. Max Fish, yeah. No, Fish Bar. It's across the street from Joey Anani's. Mm. Okay. Um, so we were in there, and we and him are going back and forth. And uh, we're. it seems like we're going to fight about politics. And he was like, well, let's stop talking about this. And I was just like, have you seen Daredevil yet? And he was like, yeah. And we just... I feel like I've told that story on here before. I don't think so. Oh, but yeah, we literally were at the point where we were going to, it looked like we were going to fight. It's the first time I was meeting him, maybe the second time I was meeting this chick. And he was just like, well, let's talk about something else. And I was like, would you see season one of Daredevil yet? And he was like, nah, was it good? Oh, yes, just, you did tell me that. Yeah. When we were right back to talking about it. Same guy, cum jar. You've met him. Okay, I mean, you could just nudge me in the ribs next time and tell me, hey, that's cum jar. Yeah, I will. Next okay. time he's around, I'm sure. Um... But I'm just saying, pull up that quote again, because I think that was a pretty, that's a pretty unconditional friendship that I had cross-racially, is all I'm saying. I hate this lady, because she, what she does is she puts her shit on other white people, and it's fucked up, because look at that Miss Frizzle-headed bitch. I don't like her, and I feel like she talks like a bird. Uh, but let's pull up, can you pull up the synopsis of the book, Mike? Okay. Because, she, as you know, um, she, she wrote the book White Fragility, which I uh, meant to read. I read the first couple of pages because I got a free sample on my Kindle um, mm. because somebody hung up a sign in my hallway uh, uh, in Told my building. Told you to do the work. Telling me to do the work. And I, I did it. I did the amount of work I would have done if I had to read a book in high school. I read the first couple of pages and then said, yeah, I got it. Which is that, that's, that's me doing the work. I mean, I found out there's a Cliff's Notes. There's only a hundred page books, but there's a Cliff's Notes. So I think I might just read the Cliff's Notes. Smart. Unless it's like, you know, Animal Form's Cliff's Notes is longer than Animal Form. 
Yeah, because the, there's a lot of subtlety. Lot of sub- yeah. yeah. I don't think there's a lot of subtlety in white fragility. Mean. It's just like, yo, white people is bitches. I think that's just what it is. Although she said it like a bird. She's going... You know what I'm saying, Mike? Just He's nodding in there. Um, I have to go plug my phone in. Give me a break. Um, yes, I do know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. One day we'll get, in, we'll get the racehorse in here. To, yeah. We'll get the racehorse in here to interview the, 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 the white lady. Um, so, yeah, so basically that would have... Uh, okay, so, I have the synopsis if you want it. Yes, let, let's take a look at the synopsis for nice racism. Okay. Um, Building on the groundwork laid in the New York Times bestseller, White Fragility, Robin D'Angelo explores how culture of niceness inadvertently promotes racism. In White Fragility, Robin D'Angelo explained how racism is a system in which all white people are socialized and challenged uh, the belief that racism is a simple matter of good people versus bad. D'Angelo also made the provocative claim, white progressives cause the most daily harm to people of color. In Nice Racism, her follow-up... Hold on, wait a second. Is that what that book's about? Maybe I should be reading that book. That sounds great. That does sound... Because I agree with that. That does sound not terrible. I do think that white progressives harm black people the most. Easily. Because they're fucking... Look, I've always said this. You've seen me say this on stage a thousand times. Where it's just like, when we were kids, we all used to be able to bust each other's fucking chops. And that's how you got to know people. And I learned a lot about other cultures. Because you make a joke, and then you go, I'm sorry I made that joke. Tell me what the real thing is. And now you have that, and you internalize it. As long as you're not a bully and a cunt about it, you, you gotta be, like, aggressive. And not only that, it's like, because you have to go deeper down the rabbit hole because you're friends with these people, right? You gotta learn more about their culture to bust their balls. That's true. You and I've said mean? that on this show, too. I like to learn about stuff so that I can properly insult people. Yeah. Like, like dude, you, yeah, you nail it. Yeah, I don't know enough about Hinduism, but I wish I did so the guys I knew who are Hindu, I could really shit on them. Right, but, like, even that shit, like, uh, like, like knowing what bot is to, like, you yeah. know, hit, like, hey, Luke, what are you going to eat some bot? Like, oh, yeah, that's true. That's some shit that I would never understand, you know? Like, yeah, I always at least, you, yeah, you can at least get into the food stuff. I got into it with, uh, you know, Misha Han, right? Yeah. I was talking, he thinks that I don't know about food stuff. And he was passed out drunk in a bar one day. And uh, uh, I was talking to, he brought some guy around who was a Hawaiian guy who's a chef. And we start talking about ingredients and shit. And uh, he, the guy knew I knew my shit because I, I fucking love that shit. And I particularly like love Asian food. And uh, he wakes up, he's just like, oh, what do you just need to learn about this? And his buddy goes, no, 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 shut up. He knows what he's talking about. Like, you don't know. He knows probably more about Asian ingredients than you do, for sure. Hell yeah. Like, but, so, so let's, let, let's, keep, let's keep going with the nice racism. I want to know what nice racism is. Okay. Um, uh, simple matter of is bad. Uh, in nice racism, her follow-up work, she explains how they do so. Drawing on her background as a sociologist in over 25 years as an anti-race educator, she mm-hmm. picks up her white fragility left off and moves the conversation forward. Writing directly to white people as a white person, D'Angelo identifies many common white racial patterns and breaks how and breaks down how well-intentioned white people unknowingly perpetuate racial harm. These patterns include rushing to prove that they are not racist, downplaying white advantage, romanticizing black, indigenous, or other people's... Okay, let's, let's, let's slow it down. So rushing to prove that we are not racist. Mm-hmm. Here is the thing. Uh, if people think you're the worst thing in the world... Like... I've said this on the show before, but it's like I was taught that being racist, it's like literally violent crime. It's like murders and rapists, and then right under that is racists. Right. 
So it's like if people are calling you the worst thing you can be without killing or raping a person, or being you're a going to try to defend yourself. Pedophiles are raping. <gasps> you think just jerking the kitty porn? I mean, there's yes, some. And there's also, you know, there's kids who consent. I mean, you can't consent. Children cannot consent. Kill, yes, I understand, right? By the Also, I need you to isolate. Uh, <laughs> there are children that consent, so, uh, and I want that as a drop in here so that I can use it against you in the future. Yeah, the I'll be week. the one to pull that drop right away. There are other producers I can get to do it. All right, I know you're not going to you do, do the work of editing this. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about something else. Go back to the bullet points. All right, fine. Um, downplaying white advantage. Uh-huh. Romanticizing black, indigenous, and other people. It is like cuckold porn. I knew it. Mm-hmm. Romanticizing. Right. Got it. Um, pretending white segregation just happens. Uh, expecting BIPOC people to teach us about racism. I'll tell you this about white segregation. Let's talk about that thing. So when I grew up, I grew up around a lot of different kinds of people, and I always kind of gravitated towards... Um, I always gravitated towards, like, especially junior high school and above, like just black Spanish kids. This was around my neighborhood. That's where I lived at the time, and uh, through high school, um, and even out of high school. When I first started comedy, the first couple, you know, the first couple of friends I made, like Christian, my buddy Anthony Ariaga, like, it's like I was like kind of got cool with guys like that first too because I, I I just I always feel like white people have like like are rich and stuffy or like shitty or like from the suburbs, and I have nothing in common with them. Like, oh, it's whatever. It's the same kind of fucking biases or whatever. But, like, as you start getting further along, it's, like, you just kind of realize that people kind of assume that about you, and it's, like, easy. It's harder to, like, you just end up segregating because people have assumptions about you once they get a little, like, once people get a little bit more successful and you're not hanging out all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, people just kind of have an assumption about you. It's, like, why would I have to, like, I don't want to have to challenge this assumption. I'll just say what up to the people I see. You know what I mean? I think that does kind of just happen, but I think it's, it's done by both groups in a way once you get to a certain point hmm. once you get to a point where you don't have to kind of always be so like that's why i think it like it's less likely to like, that's why you'll see more inter friendships in like things like high school than in professional settings you know what i mean like once you have like money and you're settled you almost want to be more comfortable and you want to not have to worry about in high school you can be around people that aren't like you because if you say something stupid people understand that you're also in high school, often. You know what I mean? And so you're saying white people don't hang out with black people out of fear of a. I think them? also black people don't hang out with white people because they don't want to explain shit to them. That is fair. We do need explaining. I think there's both things. You don't think so? I mean, are you, are you being sarcastic with me right now? No. I think, there's just, I, think there's, I think there's a lot of that on both sides, both of those things, where just sort of happens. And then you just kind of end up there. I mean, that I do... I, I guess I'm doing the thing. I'm doing a white, nice racism, but I'm not being nice about it. That's the whole thing. Like, I'm really saying this real fucking slack show. This is going to come back and bite me on the ass. Let's see. Let's see more, some more bullet points, Mike. All right. Um, expecting BIPOC people to teach us about racism. Carefulness. We beat that one, Mike. We're not being careful. Certainly not being careful. And feeling immobilized by shame. Uh, joke's on you, bitch. I don't feel shame. Hold on. Let, keep Go back up. Go back up. Expecting BIPOC, which is, what is that? Uh, black, black, indigenous, indigenous and other of people of color. Yeah. Okay. To teach us about racism. I do not expect them to teach us about racism, but if I ask you about your race and its customs, it would be nice if you tell me and not make me Google it. 
Now, we all know the person who should be teaching us about racism is this racist bitch, Robin DiAngelo. Or the racehorse. <laughs> or possibly the ra- racehorse. What do you think? Educate me on race. <laughs> oh, shut up. Jesus Christ with this guy. Look, here's the thing. About, uh, about, uh, pull, pull, pull back up. I need to read the bullet points some more, Mike. What are you playing? Slots on your phone over there? No, I'm trying to order a bed. You're ordering a bed? Yeah. Why? Because I need a bed because I have a new apartment that I'm moving into. Where'd you move in? I move, I'm moving in in uh, Bushwick. Oh, nice. Good for you, Mike. That's yeah. great. Yeah. It's great to hear that you're getting a new apartment with a new bed because you left your old bed somewhere else because it's infested with bed bugs. I actually. left it on the street. Oh. Well, did you put a bag around it? Sure. Good for you, Mike. Nice, but mighty nice of you. I certainly didn't leave it out in front of my apartment if I didn't put a bag around it. Nope, let me tell you definitely that. Definitely not. Definitely not. Um, so pretending white segregation just happens. We've addressed that. Uh, expecting BIPOC carefulness. All right, we're not careful and feeling immobilized by shame. That's not us, Mike. We're we're bad. Are we are we mean racists? I don't understand what this means. If we're not doing the nice racism, are we mean racists? I guess. And that so. seems worse than being a nice racist. Well, there's no such thing as a, a not racist, according to Robin DiAngelo. That's so. true. We're all racist. So, so what? Maybe we're. Are we mean? I guess so. What other explanation is there, Chris? Um. I I I don't want to be a mean racist, Mike. I just want to be a regular person. Well. Sorry, that went out the window the moment you were born white. But can black people be racist to anyone? No. Can Chinese people be racist to black people? I'm asking the racehorse. hmm. Let's see. Racehorse? That's a no. Chinese people can't be racist to black people. Okay. Okay. Okay, so... Can Hispanic people be racist toward Filipino people? Two claps for no. That's no? Hmm. Can Filipi- Can Chinese people be racist to Filipino people? But they're darker. Hmm. Hmm. Now, <clears throat> are Chinese people... So, so no people of color can be racist. Only white people, according to the race source. And according to Robin D'Angelo. Hmm. So only white people could be nice racists, and only white people could be mean racists. I think Asian people could be nice racists, and some of them could be mean racists. Didn't you ever see fucking uh, Boys in the Hood? Not Boys in the Hood. What was the other one? Mess Society? You saw Mess Society. That's good. I'm glad you saw it. Now, remember that part where the Chinese person says to the black guy, I'm sorry about your mother. I feel sorry for your mother. You remember that? Okay. And then the black guy shoots the Asian guy. You remember that? All right, he was a black guy, and he shot an Asian guy. Look, we're all for stopping Asian hate as much as the next guy. Thank you. Wait, is that a no? That was a yes. All right, good. Look, I forgot what I was going with this, but all I'm saying is something racist happened there, and I don't know which one of them was racist. Some of some some in medicine society was racist, and I need we need to get. Look, I hate this bitch, Robin D'Angelo, for making me think this way. This is fucking my whole head up, Mike. I thought I was just friends with enough black people and fucking Spanish people and, like, Luke is Asian and so is Josh and I thought we were good. I don't know how to do anything else. You're, you're fucking shrugging at me, Mike. You're shrugging at me and I... Look, I hate this bitch, but you need to book her on the show. Okay, I guess I'm getting her. 
Send her a fucking email, Mike. All right, I'll send her an email. Look, you're a producer, and I trust you to fucking book me. Top quality guests. We need to get to the bottom of this racism thing. Just me and a white lady talking shit. We're the two preliminary experts on all things race. Me, a white guy who yells like this, and some lady who's rich and probably has no black friends. <laughs> all right, maybe you're her friend. Fuck. So if somebody out there has read Nice Racism and you want to explain it to me, askthegoon at gmail.com is the email for the show. Thank you. Moving on. What are soaking memes? Okay. Uh, so this was kind of fun. Uh, this was a... I, I don't think it was multiple memes. I think it was just the one. Um, but it's been going around like uh, Reddit, TikTok, the whole nine um, all week. Uh, so essentially... Uh, the joke is, uh, not the joke, but the, the, the bit is that, you know, uh, these girls are going over to soak, uh, these gentlemen, right? With so the pussy juices? Yeah. So that's the concept. What? Right? Yup. Yo, this is way better than that stuff we were just talking about. No, it's not. Uh, cause it's the, it's the worst version of it. Right. So soaking. Mm-hmm. Right in the in like the Mormon tradition. Oh, it's when you put your dick in and then you don't move at all, and then just, it doesn't count as sex. You just let it soak, right? Uh, look, man, you got to brine that pickle sometimes. You know what I'm saying? All right. So now, the latest, uh, the latest, uh, the meme that's coming out uh, is when you're best- Oh, sorry about that. It's a TikTok thing. I'm trying to trying to get it to. Oh, oh these kids go. in their TikTok. We need a TikTok for the show, Mike, I think. We need a TikTok. You said that months ago. I still don't know how to set one up. Can you set right. me up a clubhouse? So here, no, clubhouse is dead. God damn it. Uh, so it's this here. When your bestie is called to soak in a BYU dorm and you have to jump hump for her. What is BYU? Bestie is called to soak in a BYU dorm and you have to jump hump for her. Dude, play that video again because I'm kind of in love with that girl. The one who's jump humping? Yes. Okay. Uh, all right, let's see if I can. This is just the Know Your Meme page for soaking. When your bestie is called to soak in a BYU dorm and you have to jump pump for her. Yeah, I mean, she's hot. Yeah, she's fucking hot. She's also like a college freshman, so you know, they're all hot. Yeah, that's true. That's, um, that's just math. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the concept here, right, is that. Not only is soaking like super popular among these Mormons, uh, but they've now instituted a policy called jump humping. So it doesn't count. Yo, that's kind of great. Jump humping is awesome. Like, first of all, that's a threesome for that guy. It kind of is, right? Kind of a threesome. Which is right. There's always the soft threesome, right? Which is if another chick just watches you bang your chick. Okay. That's a soft threesome. Sure. If she's flicking her bean. Yeah. All right. Like, look, whatever. I think when you're 19, you can count that. Counts. It's a technicality. If, as long as you see the other girl naked a little, if the two girls kiss, like, even for a second, Ooh. threesome. Yeah, that, yeah, that's fair. Right? Yeah. A lot of people are learning a lot about me on this show. Um, <laughs> you've been holding on to that one for fucking two decades now. Yeah. <laughs> it counts, damn it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they, so that's what I was thinking, right? This is technically a threesome, uh-huh. right? Because you, some chick is just watching you bang your girl, like her friend. Dude, I that's love pretty the hot. idea that they're just like, all right, the soaking thing is great. How could we go further? 
Just get a bitch to jump on the fucking bed. And you're like, oh, shit. How come I didn't think of that? Hell yeah. No, but here's the thing, though. You know, like, think about it this way. Those Mormons, they must be coming real fast. They must come from the soaking, right? Dude, when you're, like, 15 or something, you're all boned up, I think I can come from soaking. And then, like, you had jump humping? They're getting two jumps in. They're a two-jump chump. Yeah, so what do you... All right, so, like, that's a that's a thing, too. It's, like, because now the chick who's jumping has got to be, like, come on, dude, fucking come. You got two chicks who are, like, looking at you, like, just fucking come. Dude, but I think it might even be, like, the hot thing would be like, right, you just use your dick, right, and then the two chicks are making eye contact the whole time, and the girl starts jumping faster, and they're just like, she's like, yeah, jump faster. That might fucking really do it for me, dude. Yeah, yeah. Dude, jump pumping might be the fucking jam, son. I got like half pack of Rolaids in my uh, pocket right now, just yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> it's a great old... Uh, Is there more of these memes? Joke. Can we look at more of them? Yeah, let's see here. Um, this is like a whole page about the soaking know your meme, but... Um, yeah, so Mormon soaking refers to sexual role practiced by Mormons where the male inserts penis in the female vagina stays completely still for an extended period of time. Soaking is used as a loophole uh, to get around rules in the Mormon faith against premarital sex. Um, yeah, so this is like uh, uh, Barstool did like a whole video on it, and then this other chick has like a TikTok about soaking. Let's see what Let's she's see what about. <laughs> Tell me about something that sounds made up but is 100% real. I'll go first. Young Mormons, usually like teenage to college student kind of age, um, are very sexually repressed. <laughs> because obviously they're not allowed to touch themselves. They're not allowed to look at anything sexual. They're not allowed to even like hug or kiss anybody for an extended period of time. But sometimes it gets to a point where they just can't help themselves. So soaking is a thing that happens. That is basically where the boy puts his penis inside the girl, and then they just hold still. Do you think they ever do butt? No soaking? thrusting because that would be sex. No, I think they can. Just but do if you butt put stuff. it in and you just sit there and don't move, it doesn't count. It sounds like I'm making that up, but I promise you that is a thing that happens in Provo, Utah, every day. Wow. You, there, somewhere in Utah, there's a guy trying to convince his girlfriend to let him butt soak. Yes, for sure. Yeah, just like, come on, let me just butt soak you. Soak it in your butt. Yeah, just soak it in your butt. You well, sorry, I found another just a little TikTok. chocolate soak, you know? Chocolate soak. Dude, I, I don't think you should be leaving your dick in a butt for that long. No, I'm fucking get gangrene. Yeah, let's see what this is. What does it mean? Oh, yeah, man. TikTok is fun. Yeah. Soaking is the shit, though, man. What, what a fucking, what a silly thing to do. Dude, you gotta, like, you gotta be on some real shit. Like, if you're just like, if, if imagine every girl around you won't let you smash. And then you're just like, let me just soak a little bit. That's, like, so much worse than can I just put the tip in. Oh, yeah. Because, like, first of all, there's no way... Soaking is like they're just soaking, cause you you put your dick in and then it's just it's it's gonna start moving around. No, you just lay perfectly. That that's the that's the game of it. So if you move too much, he's gonna be like, get the fuck off me! You're trying to make me a sinner. Here's the thing: is like we're kind of making fun of these Mormons for this, right? Mm -hmm. Didn't Sting think he was the shit for this in the '80s? 
No. Isn't that just what tantric sex no. is? No. What is tantric sex? Tantric sex is just... Is that like cuckolding? No. Yes. Yes. Kind of. No. You're cucking yourself, right? All right. I'm just going to Google what tantric sex is. It's just is. edging. Essentially, yeah. But I feel like it's also kind of... So- soaking is a type of edging. It's hard to get a good cut on this edge when it's all wet. It's like, you ever, <laughs> you ever see those clay sharpening stones? No. You got to learn about ninjas more, bro. <laughs> well, really samurais. But. Okay, I'm seeing the clay sharpening stone. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, that's what you used ones. to like. That's what you used to like. Yeah. Fucking make your blade sharper. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty sick. Yeah. I don't know what it has to do with soaking, really. I've lost, I've lost the plot. There was something about an edge in there. Yeah. Because they're edging. I think it's kind of edging. I think it's tantric sex. It's all the same thing. I mean, I've been in a relationship too long, Mike. All right, so, all right, your girl gives you a hall pass, but it's just to soak. Are you taking it? Yeah. Yeah? 100%. You're just, you're just going to soak in some chicks? So you're just going to... In any chick? I could soak in any chick or just 19-year-old Mormons? Well, no, she has to say yes. Well, yeah, who's got a charming town? <laughs> you can't, on, Mike. you can't, you can't rape and soak. That's crazy, dude. Dude, a soak rape, <gasps> soak rape is impossible. Dude. It's physically impossible. Stop squirming. Yeah, we're you're soaking. Sinning. You're sinning. <laughs> Stop squirming while we're you're soaking. Sinning. You're sinning. You're a sinner. You sinner. <laughs> soak rape, dude. This is not okay with God. Dude, Stop moving. Hell yeah, dude. It's not even fucking. If you soak rape, I don't even know if God, God would be like. I think this is a wash. This is yeah. I mean, well, I mean, he's she not, was the one. What, was she wriggling around trying to get away from you? Yeah, God, I told you, I was just soaking. Premarital whore. Yeah, he was like, all right, well, I guess she's going to hell. You can come in here. Yeah, I'm like come all ahead. right, fucking dudes rock. Uh, dudes do rock. Um, you would really like that. Sounds like that sounds like such a fucking tease of cheating. I mean, look, here's the thing. Once you get the soak hall pass, because first of all, you can't soak in a condom. We all know you can't soak in a raincoat, right? It's, you know what? I mean, you're not wet if you're in a submarine. It's all I'm saying. That's not soaking. You make a valid point. I'm just saying. It's like, if you get the hall pass to soak, you got to be like, well, no, because then I get the fucking jump, the jump hump. Is that what it's called? Well, who are you going to have jump hump for you? Me? Two Thai food dinners, Mike? (laughs) (laughs) Do we got to record a show after? I mean, it depends depends on how how hard I come with this first chick that I'm jump humping. I'm sure she'll have a friend. I can soak with both of them, Mike. It's rude. All right, moving on. I talked about there's a great article that just came out uh this guy uh uh uh, was supposed to do an art exhibition and just stole the money um he took 84,000 he stole 84,000 from the modern art museum um what's the guy's name Danish artist Jens Hanning has made off with $84,000 from a modern art museum in Denmark as part of a self-described conceptual artwork titled Take the money and run. Uh, the Kunsten Museum of Modern Art in northern Denmark originally commissioned Hanning to recreate two of his earlier works as part of its Work It Out exhibition. Uh, he didn't do them. 
It's consisted of two canvases encased in glass that contain that uh, the average income of Denmark and Austria as real banknotes. So he got paid significantly more than that to create these two things. Then he took the money out of them when he took the paintings down to the museum. And then they were like, oh, can you get this back to us? And he was like, no. That's the art. That I stole the money. The work is, in fact, that I have taken their money. Yeah. He, that's an actual quote. The work of art is that I have taken their money. I encourage other... Here's another quote. Uh, I encourage other working people who have conditions as horrible as mine to do the same. I don't think any modern artist has horrible working conditions. If you're working some shitty job and not getting paid or, in fact, actually being asked to pay to work, then grab what you can and beat it. I would give it to Jen Tonning that a work of art in its own right has been created, one which comments on the exhibition we're having. That's uh, from a, a, a critic, an art critic. This is fucking great. I just want to say that I think, in general, we should start considering various crimes as art. No? Um, how? Like, like how can you? Yeah, but this is specifically right. Like, I mean, we I, look. I think we just talked about it with fucking soak rape. Okay, that's like a performance art. Okay, or hips don't lie, Mike. It's like Shakira. She'll probably get a residency in Vegas. Shakira. Yeah, she probably already has one. Hmm. I don't understand this. What do you mean? So he's saying that uh, is a it was a protest against low wages and working conditions in the art world. Yeah, dude, I protest against low wages in the art world all the time. I do that every time I steal something. Sometimes I shoplift, and I'm just like, "Yeah, man, this is because of the art world, man." I'm sorry, Seven Eleven clerk. I really need this Bang Energy drink. Okay, so they offered him. Mm-hmm. Danish kroon for the two recreated works, the same amount he claims it would cost to recreate the works in the first place. So in other words, he'd just be breaking even. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, keep that money. (coughs) Here's the thing, man. Anything could be art. Do you see that there was a guy who made cocaine NFTs? They got taken down. No. Twitter, like, banned him or something. There was a guy who was making cocaine NFTs it was called, um, it was called, I think, a ton of blow or something like that. Let me see. I'll, I'll find it. Um, and he fucking, he made 1,000 of them. And, yeah, he got kicked off social media. He sold them for, I think, 1,000 bucks a piece. Um, yeah. He created a ton of crypto cocaine. It was called a ton of cocaine. It was just 1,000 prints of digital, just photos of kilos. Sold out. (coughs) But the cops showed up at his house and were like, are you selling coke? And he was like, nope, not at all, I swear. But it leads me to believe that maybe we should sell some drug NFTs, Mike. But of weird, obscure drugs. We just do like the... um, Quaaludes, dude. Can't get Quaaludes no more. You, but you can get a Quaalude NFT made by Mike and Chris. You know, we're digital artists now. 
And then what we'll do is we'll leave here and we'll steal a pint of ice cream from 7-Eleven and we'll fucking eat that shit. And that'll be art. You know what I'm saying? So you're... Okay, I don't understand this because it's, okay. it's different, right? The museum gave him a bunch of money to make art. And he's like, well, no, the art I'm going to make uh-huh. is robbing you. Yeah, all right. But like, let's say we can extrapolate that, right? Is there a crime that can be considered a work of art? I mean, graffiti is a crime and it's art. Okay. And then also dine and dashing is kind of art. What? Because if you can run with a full stomach like that, I mean, you're an artist. Those are the physical arts. Yeah. Yeah, it's a physical art. I think we're on to something here, Mike. Criminal art. You seem tired. Yeah, I mean, because I am tired. Oh, all right. Moving on. <laughs> I haven't had much sleep this week. I'm moving. I haven't had much Delta 8 this week. It's a whole to-do. Delta 8? Oh, because if Yo Delta, the fine people at Yo Delta, here's the thing about Yo Delta, it's Delta 8 THC, and I am a hypocrite for endorsing this, but whatever. Here's the thing. I've eaten Delta 8 THC. Uh, I've smoked Delta 8 THC. What? Mm-hmm. Does it get you high? It does get you high. Is it completely legal in most of the states that THC is, regular THC is not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, what a crazy thing. If you go to the find people at yodelta.com, you're going to get 25% off your order if you just use the promo code GAS. Just That's it. Just GAS is bong, the... Bong, bong. Yeah? yeah? And then you get you get a quarter off of whatever. So if you were going to pay $100, you're paying $75. Yo Delta. <sighs> yodelta.com, man. You got to go over to yodelta.com, man. It's fucking great over there. They are good people They're over there. They're fucking crushing it at mm-hmm. yodelta.com. They're fucking sick fucking people over there. Yodelta.com. Use the promo code GAS, 25% off your order. Moving on. Mike, I need my Olympics music, Mike. All right, let's see if I can find it. How do you not have the... We got to talk about... We have to do an Olympics update, Mike. The Olympics is, I think, maybe still happening. This just sounds like the intro to the Superman serial. Uh... No, oh, no, it's world the, sport? No, it's the Olympic music. Oh, it's the it's our Olympic music. Thank and the you. agony of defeat. Uh. <laughs> the Olympics. The human drama of athletic competition. Yeah. You don't know the lyrics in the Olympics song? Sure, that's true. I should have known. I should have known. Now, we found out a few weeks ago that uh, football is in the Olympics this year, and it's the NFL is just the Olympics. Yeah. Now, we've endorsed the uh, the Texans. The Houston Texans, a.k.a. the Goon Squad. A- hashtag Goon Squad on Twitter. Whenever the Texans are playing, I haven't done it yet. I'll get to it at some point. You have retweeted a couple of mine. I will retweet yours. It just It's at inconvenient times every time. When are the Texans playing? I believe they're playing Saturday at 1 p.m. Saturday at 1 p.m.? I could do that. Oh, right. Sunday at 1 p.m. God damn it, Mike. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, Sun- it's, it's football. You, they only play on Monday. Five Sundays days of the week? Sunday it's football. And they only play on Sunday and Monday and Thursday and Friday and no, Saturday. No, not Friday. Not Friday. You made that last one up. Sunday, October 3rd, 1 p.m. Texans taking on the AFC uh, heavyweight. Buffalo Bills. Oh, no. This doesn't sound good for the goon squad. Mm-hmm. What if OJ's there and he slashes all of their throats? You know what? They could, uh, yeah, that would that would be a real problem. Yeah. And the agony of defeat. Never thought of that one. Yeah. 
Here's um, another thing that was in the Olympics. Did you see that uh, Congress played a baseball game or a softball game? Pull Congress it up. always plays a softball game. That's when that. Did uh, somebody get shot at one? That's what I was going to say. That guy got shot. Dude, that's crime is art. Oh, yeah. Shooting a, shooting a politician is art for sure. Well, shooting a politician playing softball is definitely art. All right. Well, here we go. Who won? Look at this. Who won? Congressional baseball game. It's a whole to do. Just go to news. I want to see who won. I don't know. Hold on. Give me a sec. Come uh, on, bro. You're killing me. Okay. Republicans brutally mocked after winning congressional softball game. The first game since 2019 due to the coronavirus was won by Republicans 13-12. It was the first time they won since 2016. Um, who is this? The Republicans? The Republicans. Last, they lost the game that they got shot at? Yeah, I think so. Um, huh. Interesting. Yeah, so the Republicans won. What's the... Uh... So, did they get an Olympic medal? Uh, yeah, I guess so. They must, because the Olympics are still going on, right? Did you see Nancy Pelosi took a call from Biden in the dugout while she was coaching the team? Oh, really? Yeah. Is it like Steinbrenner telling her to cut her side uh, her sideburns in the 80s? What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's got to trim her sideburns. Yeah. All right, problem. well, I'm glad we did this Olympics update. All right, let's move on. All right, Mike, I think that's the show. Um... What about, whoa, 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 whoa. Huh. I forgot something. What? What do we forget? 50 Cent. Oh, yes, 50 Cent. Here's the thing about 50 Cent. Uh, there's a great article that just came out. Um, 50 Cent says people are more ruthless in business than in the streets. Here's his advice on how to deal with it. It's an entrepreneur magazine. Um It, it really, it, none of it is that good. I, I read through this. Uh, he asked it, it, the difference in the tactics. They just have subtleties to their tactics. They're not confrontational, but they're doing it right in front of you uh, not th with how they're structuring deals. At least with a robbery, they'll give you the courtesy of showing you the gun so you can have those anxieties and feel those feelings that you would feel when you're being robbed. But in business, they'll do it on a piece of paper. They'll do it in a way where you feel nothing and just rob you right there. That I kind of agree with. Here's a weird story about this. Um, I feel like I've told this before. Is like I couldn't deal with – I worked in a real estate office for like three days when I was 22. They were just training me. Uh, the guy – did I tell this story on the show? I don't believe so. Uh, the guy I was under had dollar signs tattooed on his knuckles. And I remember he got up to take a shit one morning, and one of his clients came in, and somebody else just grabbed him up. And uh, I was like 20, and they were just grabbing him, and was like, oh, he's not here. And then he was like, I just lost that commission. I've been working on that lady for two weeks. And I was just like, really? And he's like, yeah, that bitch just stole my client. And I was like, fuck. Um, it's just... <sighs> I get, I get that. It is it is ruthless in that regard. Whereas, like, the guys I know who are fucking working are just like, don't really get to poach each other's customers. They have to still hang out together. These people left and went home to their lives afterwards. I think that's, I get it. There's a subtlety. But, like, 
I don't know if it's more ruthless than a guy who will pistol whip you over $150. 50 Cent got shot seven times. I mean, granted, it was a small caliber handgun. Nine times. Nine times? Nine times. Small caliber handgun, though. Oh, seven in the leg, right? I just remember the... I I only know because of that line that uh, Miguel has Mm -hmm. on a song featuring 50 Cent, Mm -hmm. where he's talking to a girl, and he's like, hey, shorty, let's take nine shots. Let's call it 50. So that was kind of hot. It's a hot line. I gotcha. You order nine shots at the club, you might as well call it 50. That's true. That's true. Can I get 50 shots? And then they're going to give you 50 shots. It's going to cost a lot more money, Mike. (laughs) Meh. Um... It's a weird thing where they're just like, uh, <clears throat> here's, here's, here's his other advice. Uh, Curtis, 50 Cent Jackson, didn't go to college. He didn't even graduate high school. Instead, he earned his GD. But he said he says, don't retain information, internalize it. What I hold on to is, they wouldn't have made it under the circumstances that I came up from. If all the information that you need is the business, is the needed in business was in the book, then the teacher would be too successful to teach the class. You hear that, Mike? I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I've always thought that about business school. Like, why are you here? If you knew about business, you wouldn't be in a college still. Everybody who's in business school is just meeting other people that are in business school so they can get a job when they're out of business school. Right, but I'm saying... You're just trying to leech off each other's nepotism. The teachers at business school, though. Uh Uh-huh. What are they doing? What are you doing? Maybe they're... What? Maybe they're just half-assed teaching. Mm. Maybe they're just there to fuck co-eds. Who the fuck knows? It's a lot of it is just principal shit. But you're right. In business, the at the end of the day, anything you're doing, you kind of have to have it. There's got to be an instinct. You got to have an instinct to it. You have to have. You have to be on guard. You know what I mean? True. Um. So his next thing is go straight to the source. I talk to who I need to speak to. Nobody in between. That fucking works if you're 50 cent, asshole. Don't say that to other people. You're saying that to people in the streets you're trying to lift up? You know you know what happens if a guy who fucking sells drugs for a living tries to buy a house? They tell him, go fuck yourself. We're not selling you a house. And then something about books. And then keep it in a book or whatever. <laughs> Remember what Jadakiss said? Exactly. Fuck. I'm just saying, this is not necessarily great. Train for reality. This is the fourth point. He made four points in this whole article to a fucking Entrepreneur Magazine. We- Almost like a sit-down interview. Whatever. Train for reality until reality feels like training. Jackson started boxing at age of 12 at a local gym in Southside, Queens. Although most view boxing and other sports as an escape, his gym was just as harsh inside as life was outside. That seems fucking false. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're getting shot nine times in your life outside, there's nothing they're going to do to you in a boxing ring worse than that. Any fist fight you got in outside that gym, probably bare knuckle. Fair. Uh, he sparred every day, conditioned, conditioned him until eventually he didn't mind fighting at all. We didn't have weight classes, and we didn't have people coming in that were consistent, so I would be fighting a lot of kids that were older. They had a mental advantage because they were older, but that faded the more I got into the groove of doing things. It changed my attitude, and it made me not care about fighting because every time I sparred, it felt like I was in a real fight. And because I was doing it every day, I didn't mind being in a fight. I didn't adjust well because I took that right across the street into the neighborhood with what I learned in the gym. So I didn't mind an altercation. I didn't mind if I had a black eye because my time in the gym adjusted me to fighting. If you make it hurt in the gym, it won't hurt the night of. 
Mike, uh, I'm pretty sure most people don't spar the day of an MMA fight, correct? No, no, not day of. No, because you would have a lump on your face, and then when somebody punches that lump, it would further get bigger, correct? Yeah, but I think what he's saying is like that concept of train hard, fight easy. Like this is this is something Diego drills into us constantly uh-huh. when for the team rattlesnake training. It's like, yeah, like fucking if you actually push yourself, mm-hmm. right, and bust your ass and fucking puke in this gym and and do whatever, right, go all out, right, leave every single thing you have inside this gym, then come fight day, it's gonna be easy, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're training this hard, okay, make the fight easier than your training, right? That's great. Yeah, that's true. Train hard, fight easy. It's true. Um, all right. You know what? I'll give that to you. Train hard, fight easy. You're not wrong. We're going to wrap the show up on that. Okay. All right. I like it. All right. This has been Notes of a Goon. Uh, follow me at Chris from BKLYN on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Mike VM Harrington on those platforms. Give us a rating and review on iTunes. And if you got life advice questions, you can email askthegoon at gmail.com. Two shows this week. Let's go. Good night. Well, show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. For if we don't find the next whiskey bar. I tell you we must die I tell you, I tell you, I tell you I tell you, I tell you